RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. You know, on a Monday night, sometimes I just can't even. But if it's Tuesday night, sign me up to talk some Star Trek. It's Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Ken Ray. Yes, it is Mission Log Live. That's the show where we, your Star Trek pals, get together with you, our Star Trek pals, to chat. Oh, sure, we talk about Star Trek and sci-fi, but we talk about other things, too. The whole idea is that you tell us what you want to talk about, which means you need to get in touch with us. Luckily, there are a few ways to do that. You can click on the link to join our Zoom meeting, or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. You can also call us like the kids used to do when we were kids. 669-900-6833 is the number. 669-900-6833. Then you enter the meeting code that you'll find in the show description and the comments. Then you are on with us. Now, joining us this week, we are glad to introduce you to even more of our Star Trek pals, who hopefully by the end of the show will be your Star Trek pals as well. Um, just with some really interesting stories about how they came to their Trek fandom, how they express it, and how they just survived uh, Star Trek Las Vegas 2018. We've got Barry Rice, an astrophysicist and the only Dr. Soren cosplayer I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, he also feeds a mean vol, as does his partner in crime, Beth Salvia. Uh, also joining us, Mahogany Harris, all the way from Ottawa and back from her very first Star Trek convention ever. So do please get your questions into us. Join our Zoom meeting, use the one tap from your smartphone, or call 669-900-6833. Hey, John, why don't you take a look at your iPad and say who's, uh, who's joining us today? Well, I'm going to go look right through the cracks in the iPad screen, and, uh, and I'm going to say hello to yeah. uh, the Paul. Here, I'll do it. Yeah, like we got Paul, we got Lisa, we got David Takechi, we got Dave Taylor, we got Chuck, we got Erica, uh, just so many of our friends, our Star Trek pals joining us tonight, and all saying hello. So hello back to you, and uh, I hope that some of you will call in tonight to meet our other pals. That's the whole name of the game, right? So thank you, as always, to everyone who is watching live on Facebook or on YouTube. And thank you to the people who are catching the video later as well. And finally, thank you to all the people who are listening to the audio-only version of the show. So you can search for Mission Log Live wherever you get your podcasts, or make it super easy, go to podcast.roddenberry.com, where you'll find links to all of our shows. Oh, let's see, that would include Mission Log. That would include this very show, Mission Log Live, The Trek Files, Women at Warp, and Priority One. And you know that this part is coming. Wherever and whenever you're watching or hearing this show, head to the source, hit like, hit share, write a review. Hey, give us five stars if you feel like it. Share the love is what I'm saying. Because, Ken, stop me if you've heard this before. In the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Yeah, I feel like I need to write a new line there. I keep forgetting. I, I miss one thing well, every you, week. You, you, I, I believe you originated it with uh, uh, What the World Needs Now. No, that's and right. That's right. In the Beatles direction, 
Um, and it's just, it, look, the Beatles have a lot to do with love. So I, I can just keep changing out. We'll just make a new Beatles reference every time. Yeah, yeah. Give it a go. Why not? Hey, um, before we get to our guests this evening, I do want to let some people know um, about, well, first of all, a, a shout out to the people from Sansar because they uh, came and demonstrated the Roddenberry Nexus in Sansar at Vegas. And, um, and they were blown away by you guys, the people who actually came and saw that. Um, so thank you very much to them. Thank you very much to the people who came. And uh, part of this whole thing, we weren't just like, you know, one and done with this. I mean, we're looking at the Nexus as a place where people are going to be able to get together and, and you know, do fun stuff, have fun conversations. There is a, a meeting room and a screening room that is going to be coming soon. We've also got the Bridge of the Enterprise that's sort of living out there in Sansar, and we've got the Nexus. And right now, the two aren't exactly... Uh, it, 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 they don't necessarily join up. So there's a lot of stuff that we're you know, still going to be doing, still going to be working on. We just had a meeting earlier today talking about what the next exhibits are going to be. Um, and of course, we're going to be doing events like every couple of weeks. For example, uh, two weeks ago, we were demoing Stansar in Vegas. And now two nights from now, uh, John and I are going to be showing people around the Nexus in Sansar. That's 7 p.m. Pacific this Saturday, August, uh, Saturday, this Thursday, rather, <laughs> August the 16th, because I got other plans on Saturday. I'm not going to be yeah, in the Nexus right, right then. Here's what's cool, though. You can be, because, yes, we have an event there planned for the 16th. There's another event planned for the 30th. There are already events on the calendar in September. But that, um, that museum, that experience space, that thing is always there for people to check out. So sensar.com is where you would sign up for your, uh, for your account. doesn't cost anything. You do need to have a Windows machine or at least be able to run Windows 10. Uh, you can do that without the VR stuff. But uh, Thursday night, John and I are going to be showing people around some of our favorite parts of the, uh, of the exhibit that we have up currently. Like, uh, like John, I know at least one of the ones that I'm going to be pointing people to. Do you know what you're oh, going to be pointing people oh, to? Do you know? Well, I, I've got an idea. I, I've got okay. some ideas. I mean, the, the whole thing is we're going to pick three each and we'll kind of lead people around and we'll talk about it. But it, it'll be a conversation. It, it's not like a formal thing. We just get to chat and, uh, and point out what's happening in the Nexus. By the way, uh, somebody asks, uh, uh, Chris Riker asks if um, Antonia and her horse will be in the Nexus. Um, I'm going to say probably not, at least not now in this exhibit. Uh, they also want to know if uh, uh, Soren will be there. Well, we have Soren with us tonight. And then uh, does it come with Kirk and Guinan as well? Um, yeah, so clever that we chose that name, the Nexus, right? Yeah, so it, does, it does actually feel a bit silly now that we didn't put a Christmas tree anywhere in it. Oh, and it could come. We could do anything <laughs> we want to with that space. <laughs> anything. So that is like, the whole point. Yeah, so yeah. Thursday, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, August 16th. Uh, come and, and have a poke around the Nexus with us, won't you? Hey, uh, it, it's, uh, it's the time of the show right before we get the guests where we get to questions because we have a poll question. Do you want to talk about last week's or well, three weeks ago now, John? Do you want to talk about that one or do you want me to talk about that one and you do this week's? How do you want this to go? Well, let's talk about three weeks ago. I'll, I'll handle that one last okay. week, which was actually three weeks ago. Because see, the Nexus at Ben's time, man. That's what's going on here. Um, we asked you three weeks ago, it's convention season. Can you even? And your choices were can't or literally can't. Either you can't even or you literally can't even. Now, the can'ts had 33%, literally can't even 67%. 
Um, can I, I can't even with that. I can't even. Yeah, except you could because you did. But yes, I understand. And for the people who uh, literally couldn't even, uh, hopefully you'll be able to next year. Uh, this week, of course, we do have a new question because while we're at the convention, boy, oh boy, John, something really weird happened at the convention this year. Wow. Uh, they, they broke news at the convention. Wow. Because it happens like a week and a half, two weeks after Comic-Con. So generally speaking, if there's going to be big news, you're going to hear it at Comic-Con. And then everybody's still going to be talking about it at Star Trek Las Vegas, if it's Star Trek related. Um, this year, though, they actually broke news there. And it was it was exciting. I actually got to be in the room. We can ask everybody else if they did as well. But it was weird because there was like... Um, that morning, there's like, oh, I hear there's going to be an announcement at 1.30. And then five minutes before the announcement, all of a sudden, there's this buzz in the hall that they're sneaking somebody in. They're sneaking somebody into the building. And at mm-hmm. that point, well, it seemed like, um, well, based on rumors that have been around for months, it seemed like it could only be one thing, and it turned out to be. Uh, Patrick well, Stewart okay, it's, it's, said, it's, what? It wasn't going to be the lawyer from And the Children Show Lead. We knew that we had eliminated that right off the list. Yeah, well, no, didn't we lose him? He's not still yeah. alive, is he? No, 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 no. Okay, I didn't, I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. So they, they were sneaking in Patrick Stewart, and Patrick Stewart came out to say a number of things. Uh, the, the short version is that Jean-Luc Picard is coming back to Star Trek. And then he like said a lot of vagary kind of things. Might be darker, might not be captain. There's a lot of other stuff that maybe will hit with people later. But the question that we have... In the newly announced series, who do we want? Do we want TV Picard or do we want movie Picard? Because I think we know it's going to be a series, so it's going to be on TV. But we've talked before about how those are two very distinct Captain Picards. Yeah. And the question is, who do we want, TV Picard or movie Picard? Right now, the votes are 83% TV Picard, 17% movie Picard. Um, so it seems pretty clear, at least who the early voters want. Don't forget, though, you've got um, close to a week uh, to weigh in on the poll. So the poll question, in the newly announced series, who do we want, TV Picard or movie Picard? Uh, go to the Mission Log podcast Facebook page, which I think is Mission Log Pod. Is that right? Facebook.com slash Mission Log Pod. Yeah, and, job, uh, and, and, and vote right there. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm learning some of the stuff about this show. <laughs> nice nicely done yeah i mean I, I guess the whole thing is you have tv picard who we might typify as kind of the uh the even keeled statesman uh the great diplomat uh but then movie picard well look at first contact you, you got a lot of uh shooty picard you got a lot of uh you got picard who's maybe a little troubled by some things now it, it's all the same clearly the same actor clearly the same guy but portrayed a little bit differently when you go from TV to film. Um, I'm very curious because now we get Picard 20 years later, how much of all of that story will they incorporate into this new story that we get? I guess we'll find out now, won't we? So without further ado, let's meet our first guests. So we mentioned earlier on that we have Barry Rice and Beth Salvia joining us. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, very good. How are you? All right. Uh, by the way, if our sound cuts out, um, just blame uh, Vic Mignona. <laughs> As we do for, for everything. Yeah. 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 He, if, if, my, if our audio cuts out and the video cuts out and everything goes to hell and hang, we can just have him voice over us later on. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good call. Good call. 
All right. So the real question, I mean, I, are you are you rested? Are, have you adjusted back to oh civilian life? No, we're not rested. Everything, okay. everything that we took to the convention is scattered all over the entire house right now. If we had a fire, our insurance would say we're not covering it because <laughs> look at this place. <laughs> and, and have we readjusted? You know, I got, I still have. We have this. Wow, wow. So, yeah, that's dedication. Well, yeah. well hit us. Yeah, hit us with a quick story here because um, uh, we, we met you back at uh, SDLV 2016, and um, you you have shown up in subsequent years with uh, ever increasingly bizarre costumes. <laughs> We're going to talk about those in a moment, but uh, hit us with the the quick takes on your Star Trek fandom. Just want to know kind of what brought you there, what got you into the show, and what got you into Vegas. Um. Well. I never watched any of them in real time. Uh, most of the time I either didn't own a TV set when I was really a lot younger or I was in school or doing something that made it impossible. But I did start with TOS. Um, and one of the things I liked about it is that um, I am a person who grew up without religion. So I've never gone to church or you know, I think past the age of about six or something like that. And I fell in love with it, actually, because it was a story. You know, they were stories that had morals and ethics a lot of the time brought to the forefront. And I have a huge interest in that sort of thing. I'm a big, a big reader. And I got interested in TOS that way. And then when I went on to watching uh, Next Generation, once I warmed up to it, you know, I, I it, it was the same thing that really carried me through. There are a lot of other elements to it, too. And then once I, um, Barry and I have been friends for many, many years, but once I came out here and we started seeing each other and spending a lot of time together, we both just really kind of dove into watching all of it. He had watched Deep Space Nine, I think. Mm -hmm. And so some of the other shows we started watching together, and the more that we watched, um, the more interested we got in, and the more strongly we felt about it, I think. Yeah. So Meanwhile... My while um, I grew up watching TOS in uh, you know on syndication, which actually got me so interested in science that I pursued a field or uh, a, a career in astrophysics. TNG mostly came out, and everything like that came out after or while I was in graduate school, so I didn't have time to watch it. And I that is so funny because you know the episodes I liked best. My background is in the arts and humanities, so the episodes that I really loved were things like um, uh, Darmok and Jalad, you know, Darmok, yeah, yeah, and and the ones that were really like I loved the episodes with Q when they were in court because I liked the language, you know, and and uh, yeah. and the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. but now we've watched all the episodes, you know, oh, at least yeah. one time around. Stuff, you know, some of them over and over and over again. So. I just want to Apple many, many times. <laughs> well, it's um, it's a quintessential episode of the original series, isn't it? I have a question though. So forgive me because I I don't think I had heard that part of your story before, Barry. So so you credit Star Trek with the reason that you're in science, but that was strictly TOS, not TNG or later. Yeah, yeah. I was in graduate school when TNG started up. And I watched the first. I watched the first two or three episodes, and I was kind of like, "Ooh, weak sauce, retread." This I, isn't Star Trek. 
That's not Star Trek. No, it was it was too much old Star Trek. It was like we're redoing the same stuff over again. And meanwhile, I had general relativity work to do, homework to do and stuff like that. And so I went back into that. And it wasn't until I swear it wasn't until DS9 previewed and I watched the first episode of DS9. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this has gotten good. Yeah, I, mean, oh I love God. the first episode of Deep that, Space Nine, the, the circular time and things like that. It was so... Yeah, they, they hooked me from that yeah. episode on. That was a spectacular episode. And then I went back and I just stomached the lines about fully functional, functional and multiple techniques and so on <laughs> like that. And then he said, okay, after like three seasons, TNG was really good too. So <laughs> After three seasons, ouch. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, no, I Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, you'd have to go back and listen to all of the all of the mission logs. To I mean, there are some that I think are absolutely amazing. I miss Pulaski, but you know, this is really getting too geeky even for this show. Yeah. There's a, there's a question that like Code of Honor was it? That was a good one too, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that was. That was I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, how could you? Now I'm going to get all these this email from people saying you hate Trek. Just like you can, just <laughs> not like me, not like me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, Barry, uh, uh, so this is kind of a weird uh, place to go, I guess. Except it doesn't seem like it should be a weird place to go because it's Star Trek, and that's also part of uh, part of your. I don't want to say renewed love for it, but it seems to me that you were telling me that it was current events that sort of brought you back to Star Trek in a different way, or was that just podcast specifically? I mean, like I say, part of me doesn't want to get political, but it was politics that sort of brought you back into Trektum in a, in, a, in a bigger way lately, wasn't it? So I can get political. That's fine. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just all asked right, a question right. and well, did everything. Well, you ask me a question, let me bring up something entirely unrelated to what you were saying, is that when Trump got elected, I was shocked. Oh, yeah. I was just shocked, and I went into news withdrawal. I couldn't listen to the news anymore. And so I needed on my daily commute something to listen to. And so I talked to my coworkers and I said, talk to me about podcasts. I mean, Beth and I have been in, you know, deeply invested in Star Trek for a long time, you know, you know, last several years. But that's what got me interested in podcasts. It's something I could listen to that wouldn't make me pull my hair out. And then the podcasts had us go back and start watching uh, a lot of the episodes over again and and thinking about them and talking more and talking about them in terms of what's going on in the world today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I listened to uh, Mission Log from the very first episodes. And so I listened to that sequentially every episode, yeah. you know, direct injection into the vein, driving into work every day. And so, yeah, so uh, the elections have, have renewed my dedication to star trek because it feels like i'm not getting it sometimes in the real world if you'd call it the real world so that was, i mean that was part of what i was going to ask you because i know uh, from stuff that you've told us and i mean in your life as a professor your trectum uh shines bright has it i mean has that always been the case or has that been more renewed again over the past over the past little while it's been reinforced it's become stronger um, only, well, I mean, I wear my uniforms regularly, not consistently, but, you know, regularly to work. My students, That's relatively, that. it is true yeah. though, that you really started doing a lot more of that in the last, 
I would say before Trump, you know, he started doing that, but you've been doing it a lot more since Trump even since Trump started running actually and stuff got so ugly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's, you know, the Federation embodies my ideals. And so how, I mean, so I reflect my ideals in what I wear and what I say and what, what I strive for. And it's not just Trump either. It's, you know, the whole Me Too thing, the whole Black Lives Matter thing. It's its all of that stuff coming to the forefront in a way I think that really shocked both of us. You know, I don't know. I am a child of the 60s and I'm appalled that, you know, I feel like the conversations I'm having were the ones my parents were having, you know, when I was 10 years old and stuff. And I thought, I just, you know, didn't realize there was so much of that still so prevalent. You know, I'm feel really naive, but I really was, I really was. And I continue to be appalled, you know, appalled. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I was astounded by how much we felt when Obama was replaced. Yeah. It's horrifying. Let me, there was, yeah. um, there's, I mean, really quickly, I'm sorry, John. Um, <laughs> one of us talked about the naivete that we felt uh, actually coming up on this weekend's edition of Mac OS, uh, Mac OS can whoops mission log. <laughs> On this week's mission log, we actually talk about the naivete that, that we sort of uh, that we sort of felt. I will say it doesn't even though I know that was sort of a recent catalyst for you, but I remember I had an engineer at a radio station where I worked over twenty years ago now, and he got called for jury duty. Was he jury duty, or maybe he was called as a witness? But he wanted to dress for a court, and so he got his you know he got his blazer, he got his slacks, he got his button up shirt, and he got his UFP tie. And he and he took time to explain to the judge when he got on the stand why he was wearing United Federation of Planets tie. I mean, so I mean, this does it doesn't have to be the politics of the day. I mean, this stuff does does run deep. I'm sorry, John, though I interrupted you. No, no, no. I mean, I, I we're hitting on a theme here that I, I didn't know we would actually get into. And I'm interested, Barry, because you're talking about expressing your fandom as a statement during the rest of the year. And that's not something that a lot of us get to do or yeah. choose to do. And, and I'm uh, so that that's interesting to me. But I'm I'm interested then how is going to something like STLV different for you? What, what are you getting out of that? Because then then you just I mean, look, you're in a different costume every day, sometimes multiple costumes every day. What's the expression of your fandom there that's different from, you know, everyday life? So, you know, I was. So I, I, the the last two conventions we dressed, I dressed almost exclusively in Federation uniforms, except for a couple notable, notable exceptions. This time we varied it up a little bit, but as I was saying to Beth during the convention, <clears throat> the convention is, um, is, is kind of like a psychic tune up for me during the year. It is so easy to be snarky, to be cynical, to be sarcastic. That's an easy thing to do. So defensive. But at the convention, you go and, and you just, you're, you learn, you remind yourself to be a friendly person, you know, to be open. You know, someone's next to you and you just start talking to them. You talk to all sorts of people, you know, make friends with all sorts of people. It's a no judgment zone. And, and I feel it's, it's almost like it's, this is going to sound so weird, but it's it's like I'm back from a monk's retreat, you know, that it's monk, M-O-N-K, 
you know, that, that it's um, very centering. It's very grounding. It's crazy fun and stuff like that. But it reminds me to be a thoughtful, kinder person and not just a brush off, snarky, sarcastic person. It's easy to be sarcastic. It's harder to be kind. It's harder to be present in that way. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, that does kind of require being open and present and really thinking about where you are and what you're doing. And that's, you know, and being aware of your own um, behavior, you know, and that's not something that everybody does. Yeah. You know, there was something that really struck me in one of our panels that a, a, a guest said, you know, I, I feel OK if I walk away from my seat and I accidentally left my bag or my phone or whatever. I know that it'll be okay and somebody will get it back to me. I know yeah. that among this crowd, I, I'm taken care of. And it, not only did I hear that, and that really resonated, but from the hotel staff as well. Oh, yeah. Saying, you know what, this place is full. It's crazy for a week. This is the nicest crowd out of the entire year. So they yeah. really look forward to all the Trek conventioneers coming in uh, because they know that it's just a good-natured, open friendly group of people. And I, I love hearing that kind of thing. That was, um, that was Inez who said that. Yeah. And I know that she is not listening live because she doesn't, but she does download it the next day. Uh, we also got a couple of emails uh, from people who have never been to the convention or at least one of the convention this year who said that um, listening to her talk about uh, that feeling um, made them cry. It's, I mean, and it was an important thing for her to say. And like people ran up and hugged her immediately after. And, and I, what I kind of want her to know, and I guess what I want everybody else to know. And if you're somebody who's never been to the convention and never thought about going and don't understand why we're talking about it, Beth and Barry just both said it perfectly. And what Ines said on, and I think that's on one of the supplementals that we had hmm. uh, said it perfectly as well. And then that's resonating with other people. There's this, there's this connection that you that you feel and that, that you want to feel, I guess. And the one thing I wonder, and I'm assuming, Barry, this is why you concentrate or why you bring as much of uh, Star Trek into the rest of your life as you do, is it would be neat to feel that more than once, one week a year. Yeah. And, you know, when I, during the week, during the, the um, uh, semester uh, where, where I teach, about once a week, I'll dress up in one uniform or uh, or another and when i do i make sure i don't slouch <laughs> i make sure i do what's right you know and you know you live up to the, you it, it's a reaffirming of living up to that standard i was telling a student of mine she, she was trying to figure out her way in life because she's running through some trouble and i said and that's when i realized i wear my uniforms to work to try to in any way i can push us forwards into a better place even if it's just that. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. He's got me. I can't really, I really can't wear my uniforms to work. You know, I don't have that kind of job. But, you know, my work is relatively casual. And uh, the company that makes all of these uniforms and everything, they also have a little side thing where they may, you probably saw some of the people walking around wearing the Star Trek themed dresses and stuff. And I have a couple of the long asymmetrical dresses that, you know, kind of have the swirly galaxy looking skirts with, you know, the enterprise in the corner somewhere. I wear those to work now and I do it for the same reason that he does. You know, when I'm having 
a hard time with larger reality or with my job, which is a fairly stressful job filled with people who aren't always polite on the phone, you know, it helps keep me grounded in remembering what I want to be and not just, you know, it doesn't allow me to just react when somebody is not nice to me or whatever, you know, and it reminds me that every day, you know, the way that I behave is that step forward to the way that I want the world to be for everybody, you know, so that's, that's on me to do my part, you know, and it reminds me of that, you know, because we don't get there unless we, we do something to get there. We just don't. You know, if, you're, if, if, if people are listening and they're thinking, wow, sh- you know, should I go to the convention? Totally. Oh, so totally. totally. <laughs> you know, it is, it is such a non-judgment zone. <laughs> and right? it's just it's, so much freaking yeah. fun. But it's a non-judgment zone. And so, you, you know, you're straight, LGBTQ, whatever, whatever is good for you is good. And even, and I think I was talking with you, Ken, about this. I was at the convention and I heard some guys having a conversation that kind of made me sit back and go, okay, that's a pretty different perspective from my politics. But afterwards, you know, instead of just going, oh, God, you're evil, you're bad, you know, I just sat down and said, okay, where's that coming from? You know, and how can I, how could I try to connect even with that? You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a reminder to me every year to try to be cool. So, folks, we're, we're almost here at the bottom of the hour. Ken, uh, we have uh, another guest who has been waiting with uh, uh, extraordinary superhuman patience. So uh, what I'd like to do is do our business really quickly here so we can bring in our next guest. How about that? Well, I think that sounds like a fine idea, John. Mahogany Harris is going to be joining us in just a moment. Uh, first time at the convention. So we'll ask her if uh, Barry and Beth are full of beans or if they're actually on to something here. <laughs> Probably that she's going to say they're onto something. That's my guess. Uh, so yeah, we have a we have a shop that we want to remind people about. It is the shop at the Mission Log uh, website, missionlogpodcast.com. You go and you click shop in the upper right hand corner, and then uh, oh oh a whole world of stuff. Maybe not a whole world, a whole continent. Okay, like a county of stuff is available <laughs> for you to check out. Uh, what kind of stuff could people see, John? Oh, let's see. You got the uh, isolinear John and Ken. I'm a big fan yes. of that. You got the uh, carbon chauvinism uh, shirt. You have, oh, we saw so many T-shirts this year with our favorite Lieutenant Jay. Yes, Jay was well represented, <laughs> even though Tracy wasn't at the convention this year. Plenty of Jay T-shirts to go around. Uh, you got Bonk Bonk on the head. Since 1966, he got Nova Squadron. Interesting story, by the way. Ken, you and I both met uh, a young man who worked in naval intelligence, and uh, he listens to the show, and he said that they used that episode, The First Duty, uh, early in his training to talk about ethics and morality and, uh, and your first duty to the truth in, uh, in his training. I thought that was fascinating. We also yeah. have the Dietelics Mining Corporation. We have your old favorites like Kulu's Kirk ethos pathos logo so much more coming uh here's a look at my robot guts and ken big news right for people who are hearing this well soon ish (laughs) what's happening over at the shop well uh we keep talking about the designs we should tell people what the designs are actually on they're on stickers they're on uh, tablets they're on shirts they're on tapestries they're on all sorts of things and for the next few days they're on sale 
uh, beginning tomorrow. The, well, tomorrow as we're recording this today as it comes out. And then a few days ago, if you're listening too late, uh, between the 15th and the 19th of August, 2018, you can save 30% or up to 30%, excuse me, on all the stuff that we have available. So you want a sticker? Okay. That's going to be a percentage off. You want a t-shirt? Okay. That's some money off. The point is, if you're thinking about any of these things, if you want to be part of Jay's army, yeah, now's the time because you can save up to 30%. That is the 15th of August through the 19th of August. And I will again stress 2018 because if you're listening in 2019, I don't know what the dates will be. Yeah, there's no way to know. There's just no way to know, Ken. Uh, so once again, that's all at missionlogpodcast.com. Just look in the upper right-hand corner and click on shop. And now let's bring in our next guest, Mahogany Actually, Harris. Oh, oh forgive what? me. What? Well, just really quickly before we do that, we okay. should remind yeah. people if they have something they want to say, if they have a question they want to ask, oh, I like anybody that. who wants to share their STLV experiences as well, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call, 669-900-6833. Or you can click the one tap from your smartphone for the Zoom meeting, or you can hit the Zoom meeting link at our Facebook page. Uh, but, you know, the phone might be the easiest way, 669-900-6833. Again, Mr. Champion, sorry to interrupt you. You were saying. I was saying that now it's time to say hello to Mahogany Harris. Uh, Mahogany, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, we had the distinct pleasure of meeting you at STLV, and that was your first Star Trek convention ever. It was. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We couldn't not have you on because you were kind of the bell of the ball, if I might <laughs> say so. So I, I think it was maybe Thursday. I can't remember which day you were wearing the mirror uniform. I was wearing it both on Thursday and Saturday, but I saw I came by your booth on Thursday. On Thursday. And, and yes. I was sort of walking around and just sort of out of the corner of my eye. Uh, the resemblance was there. And for a split second, I thought, oh, how cool. <laughs> Nico Martin Green is walking around in her, in her <laughs> costume. Okay, oh, man. Yeah. If yeah. I had a dollar for every time somebody called me Sonequa, my trip would have been paid. <laughs> <laughs> because not only was it there, but, but here's the thing. It wasn't just the look. It wasn't just that the uniform was amazing. You completely and utterly embodied that, that style, that vibe. I mean, you owned it. You absolutely owned it. And uh, there are just so many pictures of you in that uniform out there now. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience. Okay, well, it was my first STLV, so obviously I had no idea what I'd be coming up against. And I don't want to get all political here, but as Barry and Beth were saying about all the stuff in the States, I was very nervous about coming down as a Canadian. I was just terrified. But, you know, I said, I'm not going to let Trump stop me from living life. So I decided, you know what, just brace myself and came down. And I'm glad I did. It, it was a life changing experience. Wow. Well, OK, well, it, let's backtrack this a little bit. Tell us about uh, your Trek fandom, kind of where that originates. Okay, so um, my parents always used to watch Star Trek, and it was always kind of playing in the background when I was a kid. But at the same time, I was more of a casual fan. I wasn't really into it until Discovery came out. Then I started watching that, and that just reignited my love for the series. Why well, Discovery? Uh, well, honestly, I started watching it for Jason Isaacs. But besides <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. But I just really love the series and just the direction it's taken and everything. And of course, all the diversity in it. all the Trek series have diversity, but I 
love the modern take. I'm, I'm a younger person. I'm 33 years old. So this is my Star Trek. Well, so let's talk about that, because that, that's why, uh, uh, well, one of many reasons I was interested to have you and have Beth as well, because, Beth, you were having a conversation with me and Ken separately, I think. I, I can't remember how much that circled around in your conversation with Ken. You were talking about your connection to Discovery and why that show resonated with you. And, you know... Let me preface this by saying that the thing that was so surprising to me about this year's STLV was that this was the first year that Discovery has been on and fans have had a chance to watch it, uh, kick it around, criticize it roundly, enjoy it as much as they can enjoy it. Um, I didn't know what the vibe would be at Vegas. And we walked in and we saw in the rotunda the giant Mirror Universe logo from uh, Discovery, all the banners with the Discovery characters. And I thought, okay, well, that, that's interesting. We're, we're leaning heavily toward Discovery. But what I heard, I didn't get to experience a lot of convention. What I heard was just people day after day saying, this cast is awesome. And they're having a better time than anyone. The reception that they're getting is incredible. And I was just, I was surprised and pleased because what I see, what I hear, of course, in our geeky Star Trek circles, we tear things apart, we criticize, we critique, we figure out what makes it tick, and then you go online and you read people with really extreme opinions. <laughs> but in person, it was a very different thing. And what I was interested in, because look, I, I come from TOS. For Ken, TNG is his show. I wanted to talk to people for whom disco is their show. It's their Star Trek. And Beth, you had an interesting take on this, and I'm curious to hear your take and then, uh, and then Mahogany's as well. Uh, you know, when I, I've been watching Star Trek, you know, for years, and I like all of the versions of it. I'm not somebody that gets attached to one version and says, oh, why isn't the rest of it like this? I like all the versions of it. And it wasn't until um, I was at this convention and I was actually getting ready to go up and have a picture taken with Mary Wiseman. And I was really thinking a lot about the characters. I think um, maybe I had seen uh, one of the panels and I, just, I had this realization. People always say, oh, this is my Star Trek. This is my Star Trek. And I had this realization that this discovery is my Star Trek, you know, I'm from Chicago. I lived in crappy neighborhoods in Chicago for many, many years, um, you know, in, in situations that were not great. And um, I feel like a lot of the characters, you know, are coming from places where, where hard things have happened to them um, and things that they passionately care about and everything are either being threatened or taken away from them. Um, I think what happened to me, really, what it came down to is, you know, I don't really believe in leaps of faith, you know, and I am really caught up in the whole notion that we haven't really quite gotten to the whole good vibe place of like next gen or even TOS yet. We're in a darker place right now. I'm enthralled with how we're getting there. The you eugenics know? wars are more subtle than I thought they'd be. <laughs> they are, <laughs> you know, and so there's part of me that recognizes, you know, I saw myself in the character of Saru, you know, somebody who lives 
with a huge struggle to not let fear define him as a person or make his decisions for him. That's me coming out of my background and coming out of Chicago. You know, I look at Mary Wiseman with her character's social awkwardness and everything. And that's me as well. I look at Sonequa Martin Green's portrayal of Michael Burnham and Michael Burnham, you know, being this like amazing, you know, strong character has had so much trauma in her life. And she still doesn't know exactly how to connect with other people in a meaningful way. They're all people who are learning and growing. And, um, you know, I, this, this, I just made this amazing connection with this. And then listening to all of the people sit up there and talk and the things they talked about. And uh, Rekha Sharma, you know, when she talked about, she, she talked when she was up on stage, she cried and she made me cry when she talked about seeing herself in Star Trek um, because she was this little brown girl from Canada. And she said this was the first thing she ever saw that showed her a world that she could be part of, you know, but we're not there yet. But discovery, I feel like, is what's going to take us there. I'm all in, you know. Uh, Mahogany, other than the uh, shocking resemblance. (laughs) 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 And Jason, Jason Isaacs, too. Okay, come on. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, Uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, Is is Michael Burnham your character? Is that is that the is that your point of entry to that show? And is, is that the one that you identify with? I'm just curious what the what the connection is there. Yes, because I do see a lot of myself in Michael Burnham in the sense that she's been through a lot and is trying to navigate, you know, these unfamiliar situations and at the same time has a hard time connecting with people. I, I really do did have a lot of those struggles growing up, so I, I definitely relate with her character as well. And you're trying to always keep a facade and be strong, even though sometimes you just want to break down inside because you have to control your emotions like the Vulcans. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I really connected with that part of her. Uh, we have a six six nine. Oh, I was going to oh, do the do same it, thing. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three is the phone number to call. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three. Or you can, of course, uh, use the one tap from your smartphone, or hit up the Zoom link, which I believe is how uh, Casey uh, joined us because Casey is joining us by video. I think. There's hey, Casey. I think Casey is listening to us thirty seconds ago. Oh. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. Hey, Casey, when you hear this part, go ahead and have that turned down and be ready because we're going to come to you in just a minute. And, John, I think you had another question in the meantime. I'm just saying it's the nexus, man. I mean, the nexus, it just bends time. Uh, oh, it's, it's Facebook. It's a delay. Can it, oh, my God. Ah. <laughs> All right. Technical meltdown. We will come back to you. That That went well. Yeah. I'm going to try it one more time. 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. Uh, maybe try the phone. 669-900-6833. Hey, so can I say something fast? Please. So, so yeah, I, I'm reflecting back on what I was saying before. And, and I don't want to make it sound like, like the Star Trek Las Vegas convention is this surreal, quiet moment, you know, of people finding their centers again. It is insane. It is mm-hmm. heightened reality, right? It's like you hear people talk about TNG is like the acting is heightened reality. It's heightened reality. It's 
crazy stuff happening all the time. Oh, there's an Andorian. Oh, there are three different genres of Klingons. Oh, look, Ira Stephen Bear is going by. Hey, Ira. You know, Don't even get me started on the craziness. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I want to hear your version of the craziness because this okay. is the first time ever for you. Yeah. And I'm really curious what your expectation was and how that got completely blown out of the water. Okay, well, my expectations at first were I was kind of bracing myself for a lot of things, bracing myself for being in the States, like I mentioned earlier, bracing myself for just being uh, the main character of Discovery because, you know, I've heard all the disco hate out there. I know it's out there. So when I got there and everybody's just welcoming me with open arms and he hears, Saniqua, Saniqua, I'm like, whoa, what is happening? What has my life become? And like, yeah, I'm just... I could not believe how I pretty much, I came, I saw, I conquered the con without intending to do so. I even ended up winning best discovery costume in the costume contest. And that is the first time that award was ever given. So I'm pretty proud of myself. Well, as well, you should be. Yeah. It's not only, not only was your costume great, but you had all the gravitas that Michael Burnham has on the screen. So, you know, I also wanted to say one of the really great things about going to this con is Mahogany lives in Canada and she builds these fabulous costumes. And without the con, I probably never would have met her, you know, but we met in the vendor's room. We were both dressed up and I have the best picture of you and I together. And I just love the picture. And I had the opportunity after you won you know, to catch you and tell you what a great job I thought you did building your costume. You know, Barry and I have met people from all over the country and people from Australia, people from Germany, people from Canada, people from Japan, just people from everywhere that I would never have met, you know, if if we weren't doing this. It's awesome. It is <laughs> well, can I, can I ask a question really quickly, Mahogany? Because when we were talking earlier about um, what to put down for you know the bottom part under your name, you said, "Well, people can go to my cosplay site." Is this a cosplay site specifically uh, for what you did for Michael Burnham, or is there other cosplay that you've been doing as well? I, I feel bad that I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm really curious to find out. Okay, so I've been cosplaying for eight years, so it's pretty much I I started the page in 2013, I believe. So it's pretty much all my stuff for, until now from 2013. So what characters, kind of, yeah. Um, my other costumes, I did a lot of the stuff from the Hunger Games. I did a lot of Effie Trinkets outfits. Ooh. There's various ones in there. Like I did a female Severus Snape for myself, and there's also a few cosplays that I made for my husband. He went as Haymitch from the Hunger Games, and yeah, Lucius Malfoy from Harry Potter. So... So do you tend to awesome. do you tend to be drawn if you don't mind my asking do you tend to be drawn to a character because of who the character is or do you tend to be drawn because you like the costume and then because uh, you, you, even if you like Michael Burnham the mirror universe is kind of a weird thing is that like sort of a great combination of I love this character and boy oh boy does she look cool in that outfit sorry that's not what I was thinking. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of factors like you said like a lot of times it's the character that I like because I've I mean, this is a big thing in the cosplay community is the whole, you know, colors and all this stuff, cosplays of color, whatnot. So I was doing a lot of white characters before because I just love the character and their designs. And when Michael Burnham came along and I was like, there's somebody who looks like me, I can pull this off. So I made Prime Burnham. And then when I saw Mirror Burnham, I'm like, I can kill it in that. I've got to make it. I came and I killed it. Butcher of the binary stars. He did. He did. <laughs> Are you going to be at the next con? Are you going to be there next year? Yes, I will. 
Good. I want to see what they come out with in season two that I can build. I was going to say, you better yeah. be, you're going to have to come and build big. Yeah, because John yes. Champion actually told me that if you come, he will mm-hmm. rock his scant. Oh, um, well, I'm coming. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, because you know, I got to see that. John right. has legs that Grace Jones would kill for. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's weird. It's 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 kind of exciting. That's, honestly, that's, that's on my business card. So um, it really, is. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I hear there are shirts actually. Uh, um. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks, we'll guys. We can, uh, see yeah. if we can find those in, in a bit. Mm-hmm. So I think um, we, we're going to do the lightning round. Are we going to do the lightning round, John? I mean, after we do a bit of business first. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we have a Casey who's good now. So we, okay. we, can do, we, we can talk to Casey for a minute. We can do a little bit of business. And then, uh, yeah, I, I failed to mention the lightning round to our yeah, guests. Well, um, but, you yeah. Know, we'll, uh, we, we can come back to that. Yeah. All right. Should we go quickly to Casey first and then do the business and then do the lightning round? Okay. Uh, Exactly. Casey, no pressure, but we're all counting on you. Can you hear me? Yes. We hear you. Yeah. You want to do the lightning round? I'll do that. Nothing. You got, you know, well, now it's John's legs. I, I, you know, you (laughs) up to there and now. It's problematic. Uh, but, um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, I'm easily distracted. Uh, I'm so glad to hear from all you guys. I just want to let you know if there's a problem with this communicator, I've got this one just oh, as a backup. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. No, uh, now I'm all flustered. I was having technical difficulties, but uh, that's what I get for calling the prophets wormhole aliens. Um, <laughs> they were not fond of that they had it coming yeah. they had it coming yeah mm-hmm. they did they did no uh just one weird little uh point because i it's totally mm-hmm. off the subject of of cons i'd love to go to a con one day but uh you know i'm i'm from space and we don't have money in space mm-hmm. so okay. uh, uh it makes it hard to get tickets but um <laughs> uh yeah uh uh Aliens uh, outside of linear time. Here's something to think about. Uh, the way that they see linear time uh, is like a, a movie reel. Um, a movie reel has a beginning, middle, and an end, but it's finite. And if you're outside of the movie, you can look at it at any point, right? But mm. you can only interact with it uh, if you're synchronized with it. So that's how I've always thought of the uh, the wormhole aliens. Um, and it, it's kind of cool when uh, um, Interstellar came around, they did something uh, very similar with the uh, the end of that, where you have this totally different look at how we perceive time um, in this kind of nonlinear way. So that's stuff I like thinking about. Like I said, it's not really on topic, but the conventions are awesome. One of these days, I'm going to see you guys. One of these days, I'll get to take a picture with you and Tracy Lee Coco if I'm lucky. Nice, nice. I know the time is short, so that's yeah. No, well, well thank you for that. It, it is on topic because Star Trek is the topic, and hey. uh, and yeah, well done. And uh, Ken and I will just go back and we'll uh, we'll re-record any of the pieces where we talked about the uh, concept of time and the uh, wormhole. For the wormhole aliens or hey why maybe, do we exist here maybe maybe we'll see them again maybe you know or know. Uh, already six seasons to go so or already 
Just See now, and now I'm thinking that um, now I'm thinking that Purple Rose of Cairo was actually a uh, was actually a Star Trek episode. Casey, Ooh, nice. Thank nice. you very much for your call. We do appreciate it. And um, yeah, give us a call back again sometime. I said we had Can business to do really quickly. Oh, yep. thank you, thank you, Casey. I appreciate it. Um, I said we had business to do really quickly. There is, in fact, no um, uh, uh, Priority One live tonight. But you know what? There's plenty of Priority One. There's plenty of uh, Women at Warp. There's plenty of track files. There's plenty of Mission Log and, of course, Mission Log Live. And we would love it if you would go one place. That one place is podcast.roddenberry.com. That's where all of the podcasts that we currently produce uh, live or that are currently being produced because we don't produce all of them. I think we only produce three of them, right? Mm-hmm. So the other two, other yeah. people are doing that. And then there are more shows coming. So podcast.roddenberry.com. Please uh, do get in the habit of checking that out because uh, because new stuff, uh, the conversation that we have here for one hour every week, the conversations that we had one week in Las Vegas, uh, those conversations continue all the time right there podcast.roddenberry.com uh john you didn't mention the lightning round to people it's see here's the thing we had these very you know detailed conversations there was some catching up there was all this stuff on my mind stuff to talk about and just for some reason the lightning round it just kind of it slipped my mind when yes well i understand yeah because that's that's one of the things we do mm-hmm. uh everybody listening though uh barry beth mahogany uh you guys are all familiar with the idea of what a lightning round would be correct yeah okay then let's go ahead and play well no it's gonna be how's it gonna go i'm sorry say again no no we're, we're ready we're ready <laughs> okay okay uh favorite star trek antagonist Oh, um, Goldukat. No, I think. Oh, actually, the Goldukat is my favorite. Oh, damn. Oh, okay, <laughs> Ma- mahogany. Uh, it's the original Harry Bud. Whoa! Ooh. Wow! Oh, I cannot stand the current one, but the original was good. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Okay. Wow. Okay. You've blown my mind twice now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for everybody here, week, we're just going to do a whole show about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Uh, have you seen the animated series? Yes. No. Oh, okay. Oh, well, okay. You're, you're allowed look. to keep playing. I was just curious there. Everything yeah. else, but. Yes, friend, we have. <laughs> All right. Favorite Star Trek movie? Oh. Number six. Um, Khan. I love Khan. I actually know it, the first movie. The very I love the first movie. The first movie. Bravo. Yeah. Well played. Mahogany? Yeah. I'm, I like a lot of them, but I'd say The Wrath of Khan as well. Yeah, okay. I like the first movie. Very good. Uh, favorite episode, and that could be from any series. Episode any- six, Lethe, Jason Isaac shirtless. Whoa! Right. <laughs> Just right out of the gate with that one. If, if you want time to think about it, you can have that. You know? <laughs> um, the the double episode that's called "The Devil in the Dark, Far Beyond the Stars." <laughs> wow! <laughs> nice. Well, I don't know what it's called. But the one where where um, Picard goes back to his family's farm and his brother is there after the Borg have gotten a hold of him, and they have that crazy fist fight out in the field, yeah. and he's lying there crying, talking about how he thought that he would always have the power of choice, and they beat him, and he wasn't strong enough. Man, that was a powerful yeah. episode. That, that would be family. Yeah, yeah, that's my Great that episode, I think yeah. is my favorite episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, Mahogany, favorite tech from Trek? 
Mm, so much. Replicators would be very useful. Agreed. You're not wrong. Yep. Barry? Um, since we're learning more and more about quantum entanglement, I've rethought transporters. You don't get killed. You go through a wormhole. Wormhole transporters. That's my tag. Wow. <laughs> okay. I guess this is the last time we have a scientist on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Universal Translator. Mm. I think that's the most, uh, because, you know, I remember watching episode when they didn't have it and they just had poor Hoshi trying to be the Universal Translator, which is (laughs) awesome. So Universal Translator is just a great thing. They never made much of it, but it was awesome. Okay. Uh, Favorite beast from Trek? Ripper the Tardigrade. Oh, nice. sure. Okay, good. Good sense. call. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> all I can think of is stupid things like Marvin Belly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Belly. Nice. Yeah. 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 yeah so, good. So, uh, as you, th- what is it? As you think, so can you. So as, will you do. As you believe, so shall you so do. So shall you do. So shall you do. So shall you wouldn't do. let me wear a shower curtain this year. I was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, remember the little dog from the original series? That oh, yes, yeah, so with all the teeth. Yeah. 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 Unicorn dog. The, the dog in the unicorn it. costume. That is, I think, one of the best like aliens I've ever that's seen. That's a larval Mugatu. I don't oh, know if you knew that. It is. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's probably where my fear of dogs came from. Yeah. I actually, I saw somebody walking around with one of those. It was stuffed, but it was cool. I saw somebody walking around with one of those in Vegas, which was uh, which was really cool to see. And uh, and and as is customary, our final question for everyone: uh, Have you ever been to Vulcan, Alberta, Canada? Oh, no, I live in Canada, but it's the opposite side of the country, so I haven't been there. Hmm. Do we have to tell the truth? Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. In this uniform, yes. I can, no, I've never been. No, 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 we've never been. I'm embarrassed to say that this is the first time I've heard of it. I wanted to go. <laughs> That's where Wait, the thought should be. This is the first time you've heard of it? We've been to that rock, though. We've been to the rock. No, this is the first time the mahogany's heard of it? No. I'm Canadian, so I know of it. That was me embarrassing myself. No, but we've been to, what's the rock called? Um, The KPG boundary. No, the the pointy rock from the original series. Oh, Vasquez Rocks. Yeah, we've been to Vasquez Rocks, though. We've been there. It's so fun. It's fun when people say, but I've been other places. I'm what? sorry. It's, it's, it's right. a throwaway question. I mean, really, we expect the answer to be no. But we're, we're building yeah. to guess this for the Mission Log Live Roadshow in Vulcan, Alberta, Canada. This is just a screening process. So, yeah. Can we turn this around really fast and ask Ken a question? Uh, we have wow, 10 good. seconds. Yeah. Name any episode of Star Trek. <laughs> Context is for kings. Gosh, it was great. It was great having you on. It was great having you on. Uh, Beth, Barry, Mahogany, thank you all very much for joining us tonight. I really do hate to do this. Uh, by the way, uh, Beyond the Farthest Star, or Let That Be Your Last Battlefield, or Family. That's the one, by the way, wow. Beth, with Picard's Family. I hate that we're out of time, but I do have to let everybody know that Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry, technical production on Mission Log Live by Infinity Networks, producer Brandon Bradley. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, including not just Mission Log, but also Women at War, Priority One, Mission Log Live, and The Trek Files. 
Thanks to everyone who joined us live or later, and we will talk to you all next week. Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.